Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray and I dissect AEW Dynamite, and we do it with a pizza cutter because we talk about the main event between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Last night, after the opening match, which went about 32 minutes, it was the 10-man elimination match, I took everything into account, what I was seeing, what I was hearing. I immediately picked up the Twitter machine, and I said, no wrestling company on the planet is creating the type of live excitement that AEW on TNT is. I cannot be any more honest and fair about um, what I'm viewing the past couple of weeks since fans have been back. You might not agree with what's going on in the ring, especially with that main event last night. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. You might not agree. You might not agree, as you know how I feel, about the refs and the rules and the, 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 the counts and the this and the that, and all the little screws that need to be tightened. Sometimes, it just doesn't matter to the live audience. They are there to have a good time, and nobody is capturing that feel more than AEW. Not Raw, not NXT. SmackDown has a much better vibe than than Raw or NXT, but no other company on the planet is is exciting and captivating their audience the way AEW is. And and bully, you mentioned that tweet that you sent out about thirty five minutes into the show last night, and uh, hun- by the way, hundreds of thousands interactions uh, to that tweet that you sent out last night during the show, and I couldn't agree more. And the first thing that hit me, bully, and a lot of it probably has to be the fact that. For months and months, we didn't have a live audience to watch on our TV. But when that show from North Carolina started last night, Bully, I got such a high. Because the first thing I thought of was a Monday Night Raw from 1999 or 2000. The way Dynamite opened up with the pan of that crowd, each and every person on their feet, thousands of people, Bully, with signs above their head, you know, from an evil Ed Robinson sign to a Jericho sign to a paid sign. Like, it really did remind me of a Monday Night Raw from 21 years ago. It really did. 
And I am I couldn't be more excited to see the direction that AEW is going. Now, when I say that, I also mean the world of pro wrestling. And I don't want to compare because it is apples to oranges. But when you look at the Monday Night Raw crowd from what we saw just a couple of days ago to the crowd that we saw at that Dynamite in North Carolina last night, you cannot compare it. One one show is saying, hey, we're the WWE. We're going to come out. We're going to put on a show. Let us try to entertain you. The other one is grabbing you by the throat and saying, you're in here with us. Get on your feet and make some fucking noise because this is going to be a roller coaster ride. When I compare AEW to ECW, it's the highest compliment I can be paying them. When I hear you compare AEW Dynamite from last night to an early 2000s Attitude Era Monday Night Raw, that sounds like the highest compliment you could possibly pay them because you remember what those Raws were like. The yes. excitement, the energy, the vibe, the feel, anything can happen is a surprise. What storyline? Who's going to turn on who? What, well, what type of crazy bump is somebody going to take tonight? It's like anything and everything and you had to be in front of your television set. These are This is very high praise. Watching the show last night, I'm seeing those aspects of ECW that I loved incorporated into AEW. I see those aspects of Attitude Era, you know, WWE being incorporated. Uh, I, I see the use of the veteran talent to help the younger talent, everything in between. Like last night's show... Could I nitpick certain things? Sure, but what's the point? Who would really listen? I wouldn't listen to anybody. No. After the excitement of last night's show, uh, if somebody started nitpicking that show to me, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Who cares? Yep. It, it was too much fun. It would be like somebody nitpicking a Kiss concert to me. Well, you know, they didn't play Detroit Rock City the way they, you know, did on a live too. And, you know, Gene kind of messed up. The I don't care. I'm riding a high on the way home. And I didn't see anything that was like glaringly bad. Yeah, I know the opening 10 man, there were no rules, blah, blah, blah. But that just seems to be the culture. And I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, uh, the referee sucks or, you know, the guys didn't tag in and out or they didn't say it was going to be a tornado rules. These people are having too much fun in attendance and with the rating that they got last night, a one uh, last week, a 1.15, it's telling me that at least for last week and hopefully again this week, the number is starting to creep up. It's it, what you saw on for me, Dave, what you saw on that TV last night was infectious. I got a call at about 1030 last night from Snake uh, from Skid Row. And he's like, what did you think of the main event? I said, it really doesn't even matter if you're if you had your remote control in your hand at about 10:45 and you're flipping through the stations and you see Gage versus Jericho what are you going to do you're watching you're going to stop just out of morbid curiosity guys are bleeding baseball bats light tubes shards of glass it's like it's like when there's an accident when you're driving on the highway but there's an accident on the other side of the highway, human instinct is to do what? Pump the brakes just to look at the accident. Oh, my God, what kind of carnage is this? That's what's going on. That's what happened last night. It's impossible to turn away. Yeah, and, and, there, and I saw it on social media, and I'm sure we'll get some phone calls today, which is fine. What we saw in that match is not everyone's cup of tea. 
you know, some people will question if, if that's even professional wrestling, what we saw in that main event last night. But for me, Bully, it's it's more about Chris Jericho than... Go ahead. But how can it not be pro wrestling? It, I'm, I'm not saying it. Terry Funk and, and Onita did it. Cactus Bully, Jack and Triple H did it. Bully, you're preaching to the choir when it comes to me. Okay. I'm I'm a big I'm a big death match guy. I I really am, and it dates back to to Terry Funk. I mean, we've talked about it when we first got an inkling of this going to the mainstream with Kenny Omega and John Moxley months ago. But now it's but now it's 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 to a new head. That death match that we saw, the exploding exploding barbed wire death match that never really came. That's ancient history now. Our 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 producer Evil Ed Robinson said it before the show today, Bully. We have now seen at Slammiversary a little over a week ago. We've seen it twice now on AEW Dynamite, and then we saw it on Fight TV with GCW last weekend. That's four death matches in the span of less than two weeks on pay per view, major pay per views, and national TV. This is a resurfacing of what I feel bully has become a lost art in pro wrestling. What did I say about two weeks ago about these death matches? Do you remember? Uh, was it about the safety? Was it about that? I, you're, I was concerned about the safety for guys and gals because it's the way it's it's the it's the next it's the next wave of pro wrestling, especially after last night. Because people are going to see that the excitement that this death match created and, and what could happen with a guy like Gage, you know, he, it's like he found the golden ticket. Yeah. You know, he's Charlie in the chocolate factory. He went from 15 years of obscurity to in the past couple of months and he main evented on, on, on Dynamite and he came out second. <laughs> he, he got the champion's entrance. It's crazy. So, uh, you know... But I think after the four death matches we just saw, rumor coming out of Japan is that Onita is starting off FMW Women's Deathmatch Tournament. <laughs> now, now the chicks are going to get into this. And my concern is the same thing my concern is for super kicks. Well, one super kick wasn't good, so here's two super kicks. Now here's three super kicks. Now we're up to 27 super kicks. Here's, here's three, four, five Canadian destroyers. Here's a couple of diamond cutters. We're going to get to a point where how many light tubes can you use? How many, you know, how much plexi, you know, panes of glass? How many this? How many that? Before it just becomes so gratuitous, a death match should remain special. I hope companies don't go to it too much, but it's a very easy way to garner viewers because you're basically telling people people are going to bleed. They're going to get hit with objects that you normally never see. A pizza cutter is going to get run across a you know person's face. A guy like New Jack, God rest his soul, you know, went from garbage cans to, to vacuums to, uh, you know, 10 penny nails to, uh, you know, uh, the, the Wolverine, uh, you know, claws to yeah. a chainsaw. It's like, holy shit. One's enough. One's enough enough. But it's working right now. It worked phenomenally for Cardona and uh, Gage. Last night was about as bloody and gory and macabre of a death match that I think you'll see on 
cable television. I think they pushed the envelope probably right to the edge. Any more blood than when we saw last night, especially Jericho. Any more blood than that, and I think you're kind of, you know, maybe the network or certain fans might be running away. So, hey, it's a, wrestling's an art form. And deathmatch wrestling is an art form, too. And if you're going, anybody who's going to sit on their high horse and bitch and complain about last night or bitch and complain about Cardona and Gage or any of the other deathmatches, I'm just going to tell you, go talk to Terry Funk and Mick Foley. Two Hall of Famers. They, their careers, one of the, one of the pillars of their careers is deathmatch wrestling. And when deathmatch wrestling is done with psychology, which I believe was done last night, I, I thought Jericho incorporated good psychology to the match, and it's all Jericho. It's not Gage. And I'll get into Gage a little later. I thought he did a great job. He was a bit of a deer in the headlights, a bit out of place, but he finally calmed down, and, 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 and he got with it. But that's Jericho incorporating the right psychology. And as long as you incorporate the right psychology into a match, Dave, you can do any match out there. Yeah, and 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 we got to give and, and there's a lot to get into with AEW Dynamite from last night, bully. Like you know, I, I mean, we could break down each and every segment because we come on on a Tuesday, and this is the last time I'm going to compare it to a Monday night. We come on on a Tuesday a lot, and we're like, you know what? You say to me, Dave, you know what? They did it just to do it. You know, they did it, and then next week it's not going to mean anything. You know, there's a lot of filler sometimes in a three-hour Monday Night Raw. Last night, I can honestly say that every wrestler match that you saw, every segment, every backstage vignette, every interview is leading towards something. Like, you could really dissect every segment of that show last night and know, whether it's at the top of the card or the middle of the card, that there's a story there and it's going to go somewhere. I think you would agree, but... That's what you want from a pro wrestling show. That is like the Attitude Era. That is like WCW in its heyday. That is like what we saw in the Attitude Era when it came to Monday Night Raw. Vince Russo is going to join us later in the show. I'm sure he'll tell you that, hey, I try to fit in a lot into a show and try to make it as meaningful as possible. As long as you're throwing things in there and it means something and it's going somewhere i'm gonna follow and to go back what you just said it's gonna be impossible for me to change the channel and the the story that i always tell about impossible to change the channel is when i was a kid and i was watching soap operas with my grandmother now dave did you ever watch a soap opera before yes how many different stories are being told in one episode of a soap opera? Oh, my goodness. They're telling like six or seven different stories in a one-hour episode. And they give you about five minutes of this story. Then they go yeah. to five minutes of this story and five minutes of this story. It's never one continuous story. And then somehow all of these stories tie back together. Everybody has a story. Every character has something to do. Everything means something. That's what we're getting from AEW. And they're getting a little bit better at doing this every single week. On Tuesdays, we're like, we sometimes, sometimes me and you can't even remember what we watched 12 hours ago. 
it's weird. And sometimes yeah. I have to ask you, Dave, what what did I watch last night? And you're yeah, like, I don't know. Go, let, me, let, let, me, let me let me let me look you, on the internet real quick. No, you and I kind of like go through. Wait, I mean, just to peek behind the curtain, you and I kind of go through the show from beginning to end before we hop on the air on a Tuesday morning. Last night. I know exactly what happened because it's a fun watch. It's not a struggle. At 9.35 Eastern time, I was like, holy shit, this show's almost over. It blew by. It was, it was, it was all killer, no filler. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see any filler last night. I don't know how else to explain this show. There's so many people out there that are going to hate on this. Obviously, the WWE loyalists don't like AEW. There's people out there that are going to say, oh, well, the last match was too bloody, and the first match, there were no rules in this and that. I have much more problem with the lack of re- with the with the poor officiating and the lack of rules than I do with the blood. Interesting. I'll tell you what happened to me this morning real quick. Sure. I went to bed at around 12.30 last night. At 4.30 this morning, I was wide awake. I have no idea why. I kicked out of my sleeping pills. I was wide awake. I was like, oh, geez, what am I going to do? I tried to go back to sleep. Couldn't happen. At about 5.30, I said, screw it. I'm going to go to the gym. Go to the gym, work out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, as I'm on my way out, there's one of the girls that works at the gym has recently become a wrestling fan. And she's very interested in watching because she, she listens to us also. And we were talking about last night's show because last night was the first Dynamite with with the crowd back that she got to watch. She's like, my God, it was so much fun. And this, and the crowd is so lively. She goes, but I hate the matches where there's no rules. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting to hear you say that. Why? She's like, there's no structure. There's no rhyme. There's no reason. This is a brand new fan watching who's kind of echoing what, you know, we talk about a lot here. That shit pisses me off to no end. But if everybody in the arena is standing on their feet, cheering and ranting and raving and having a good time, just like I would be having a good time, listening to Shout Out, Shout It Out Loud live at a KISS concert, who am I to say anything? I mean, I am somebody to say something. I've been doing it for 30 years. I can say anything I want, but eh, these people are not going to listen. No, it, it, it would be like you're watching a, a movie like Goodfellas, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. And you know what? Boy, they should have edited this scene a little bit differently. Oh, boy. Oh, they cut away. Like, this camera. Who gives a shit? The story has got you by the throat. Who cares about an edit or a camera angle? And it's kind of like what we're talking about with Dynamite. Sure, I, I could say about the lack of refereeing in the opening contest, because I agree. But, Bully, I told you this before the show, my phone was flooded with friends that were telling me how much fun they thought that opening match was and how great the entrances were and, like, how much more they love Paige now after that match. Mission accomplished. I guess it doesn't really matter about the little details if everybody's having a good time and, oh, yeah, the guy that you're trying to get over who lost in the match, which is Hangman Page, is now more beloved coming out of that match. Like, can you really nitpick after what they were able to accomplish in that 35 minutes? Could I come on the show today and nitpick? Absolutely. I'd be an asshole for doing it. 
When I nitpick, there's a really good reason. It's for the betterment of the wrestling industry. But last night was too much it was too much fun as a fan sitting back and picking up my Twitter machine immediately. And I'm like, you can't top this. Yeah. This is, this is what wrestlers and fans crave. This is, this is mid eighties NWA. This is not, uh, mid to late nineties ECW. This is attitude era. This is a, I've always said my perfect wrestling company takes a little bit from all the other companies and incorporates it. And and then you get that crowd. I mean, what what are we going to nitpick? This is Jimmy Smith, voice of WWE Monday Night Raw and host of Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. And I'm here to let you know that Unlocking the Cage is now available as a podcast. That's right. You'll get my take on the trending stories in combat sports and interviews with some of the biggest names in the fight game. I'm bringing you shows every weekday. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app free for most subscribers. Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun. FX's new international spy thriller The Veil starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge. Inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Bully, Judas Effect into the pit and your winner, Chris Jericho. Gotta give Jericho credit, that old bastard popped me huge. When uh, when Jericho uh, had Gage on the top rope and was giving him the 10 punches, I could have swore Gage was going to 
You know, he's already in the got Jericho in that power bomb position. I thought he was just gonna power bomb him through the through the uh, the pane of glass. But Jericho executed a perfect top rope Frankensteiner, and Ooh. Gage took it perfectly through. I mean, really, really well executed to the point where I was like, that was as close to perfection as you can have. Jericho went straight back, tucked perfectly on his forearms. Gage flipped right over the top, right through the glass. If you're going to do it, you got to do it right, and it's got to look the right way. And that particular spot looked perfect. Bully. Now, Jericho, yeah. Jericho, really quick, Jericho's adding to his legacy here. Like, I did not expect to see that type of match last night. I know it was a death match. I know it was Nick Gage. I thought they would tease a lot of stuff and that Nick Gage would be the brunt of a lot of stuff. I didn't know that Jericho was going to go balls to the wall a thousand percent like he did last night. And foolish me, because I should know Jericho by now, that he's going to take that opportunity and run with it. But this is adding to his legacy. When people call him the GOAT, when people call him the greatest of all time, last night was another example of why he's one of the greatest that's ever stepped into a ring. Chris has an ego just like every other wrestler has an ego. I'm not saying ego in a bad way. We all have an ego. Some people have crazy out-of-control egos. Some have their egos very much in check. Your ego doesn't want people to have anything on you. Jericho has enough haters out there who have taken to social media and, you know, said some unkind things about him. The guy's 50 years old and he's still getting it done at a level that um, is, is drawing eyes to the product and is generating interest. So Jericho is going out there and saying, I'm going to check off another box. I'm going to do a death match perfectly just to shut these people up. Um, and Chris could come on the show and, he, and say, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. But there is a little piece of every wrestler that likes to shut all of their naysayers' mouths up. Chris did the the the, the glass, the light tubes, and this. He was a bloody freaking mess. And it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Listen, I know we want to dissect the match. I know we got a lot of the phone lines. Forget about it. They're, they're, they're on fire right now. But I wanted to read you this tweet that just came over the Twitter machine. Guy's name is Craig. He said, I hated the death match. It's garbage wrestling and shouldn't be on a major promotion. The show itself was okay. And it showed by how dead the crowd was in comparison to other AEW shows. So I asked you, Dave, if Craig was standing in front of you, what would you say to him? I, I, he, mu he must not have watched the same show that I watched last night. That I mean, he must have watched the show that was during the pandemic from Daly's Place. Because that crowd was on their feet loud as hell the entire show. The entire show. I mean, my God, Bully, Ed Robinson was just playing audio from the Gage Jericho match. I mean, in that audio, that the the crowd was going nuts. They 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 said Nick fucking Gage. You heard him count along to the one two threes. You heard the oohs and ahs. I mean, you would have thought last night from the reaction that Thunder Rosa got. I mean, my goodness, how hot that North Carolina... And, and again, that was North Carolina. We're not talking New York. We're not talking Chicago here. We're talking North Carolina. 
And I just compared the beginning of that show to an Attitude Era show from 2000. Craig's deaf. You know what? Craig's deaf. He's deaf. You know, and you know what the great part of of these dynamites are, this trickle-down effect, and I've talked about this once before. Last week, AEW was in Dallas, right? Yes. The Dallas crowd was hot. Yeah. So the AEW faithful that live in North Carolina hear that hot Dallas crowd, and now they want to top it. Yep. Next week, wherever they are, I think it might be Pittsburgh or wherever the hell they are, they've seen the hot North Carolina crowd. They've seen the hot Dallas crowd. Now I want to talk. AEW fans, much like ECW fans, want to be the loudest, want to be the most rabid, want to be the, you know, want to be the craziest. And that's just going to make for good television for this company. The boys are going to feed off the crowd. The people sitting at home are going to see this and go, what the hell is this? I want to be a part of it. It's almost like opening up Kiss Alive 2 for the first time and going, holy shit. Who are these guys? What is this? I have to see it. And that's the vibe that this company is creating. Yeah, and, and Bully, when you look at what's going on with AEW right now and you look at the crowd and you look how it's catching a little fire and then you look at that main event, which was a death match, which I said maybe it's going to be a disconnect for some people. I The one thing I will not agree with, if you want to say I don't like it, if you want to say that it shouldn't have been the main event, you want to say it shouldn't have been on national TV, I'll listen to the argument. The one thing that I will not take is calling it garbage wrestling. Because there was a lot more psychology to that match than most of the matches that I've seen on other shows this week. And that's what wrestling's all about, is about psychology and telling a story. Yes, they use different... All right, right, maybe they didn't use water guns and pool toys like we saw on, on Monday Night Raw this past Monday. But they used a lot of psychology and storytelling in that main event last night. And just like I've said hundreds of times, you can do any type of match you want, any kind of gimmick match in the world, as long as you are staying true to what the gimmick is and the psychology of the match. That's it. It's that simple. That's why psychology is so important in pro wrestling and going out there and just doing a bunch of moves for the yep. sake of moves or a bunch of uh, a bunch of violence for the sake of violence. Last night, every... We saw the Deathmatch King, Nick Gage, against the Painmaker. Every time they brought something into the ring, it meant something. Gage went for the light tubes, and Jericho already had the bat. And then when Gage turned around, there was Jericho with the bat. Um, You know, uh, Jericho beats Gage at his own game with the light tubes, but it's not just the light tubes. It's into the Judas effect. He uses his finish to win the Deathmatch smart he set it up by screwing gauge at his own game and then he hits his pro wrestling finish it's good psychology man and when you it look works. at crowds and it works and you look at crowds all right next week they're they're they have their homecoming show they're going to be back in jacksonville then they're going to go to pittsburgh which is going to be in Britt baker's hometown so that crowd should be electric then they're in milwaukee then then bully they're on a run where they're in chicago they're in Newark, New Jersey. They're in Queens, New York. If you look at this schedule, this cra- once we get past Jacksonville, no, no disrespect to Jacksonville, but they were in Jacksonville for over a year. 
once you get past like Jacksonville and Milwaukee, like you're talking Pittsburgh, Chicago, New Jersey, New York, this crowd that you're seeing right now in North Carolina is just going to get hotter and hotter over the next two months. My experiences with Pittsburgh in ECW were the crowds were always off the charts. In WWE, I always thought they were lukewarm. TNA, I thought they were good. So uh, if I had to bet a dollar, I would say that the Pittsburgh crowd will be very good for AEW. And obviously for Britt Baker, they'll, you know, they'll be off the charts. Milwaukee, I'll just say good. But when they hit Queens, Newark, and what was the other one? A Chicago. And, I mean, forget about Chicago. It's greatest. It could be the greatest wrestling city in the United States. Chicago, Queens, Newark. Those fans are going to be ridiculous. And that, that, those live moments on TV. Remember when I told you about Wild Thing and the crowd shot that they should use for Wild Thing? Yep. Co- coincidentally, they used the shot for Wild Thing. <laughs> we can joke about it, you know. But that looks cool. If I'm sitting at home and I see John Moxley standing on the turnbuckle with this wall of people behind him at Daly's place, I'm like, I want to go there. When are they coming to my town? Yep. And that kind of vibe and that kind of groove, like I said, it's infectious. So they got some, they got some good cities ahead of them. Just keep telling the stories. Keep development, developing the talent. Uh, real quick, just getting into the match, the main event. How did you feel about Gage's performance? Uh, I, I really, I thought it took him a little while to get into it. You know, at the beginning, I, I could, I could feel like he was out of his element at the beginning because Agreed. hey, he he was probably on a very high coming off that GCW crowd in New Jersey. Now you're in North Carolina, so I, I felt like he kind of was trying to play the hits but he wasn't getting the reaction that he was just getting a few days ago. But as the t- as time went on during that match, especially the back half of that match, I thought he was completely engaged. Last night was WrestleMania for Nick Gage. He's never been on a stage that big. He's never been on, you know, on a t- on TV that much. I mean, yeah, he had his Dark Side of the Ring, but this is a much, this is a different No, this animal. is a much bigger audience too right. than watch Dark Side of the Ring. You know, you you come out there, and now for the first time, you're ex- you experience something that you've never experienced before. Despite the fact that Nick Gage has been probably doing it for about 15 years or so. So, okay, I'm in there with Jericho. Um, I, I got to make sure I got to do everything right. I got to remember this. I got to remember this. I got to remember this. And you know, in GCW or in any of the indies that Nick has worked in, he's probably the leader out there. Last night, he is not the leader. He's the young boy, and he's the follower. And oh, by the way, don't screw this up because you might not get invited back again. I'd say the first five minutes or so, just like you said, I, didn't, I wasn't really into his punches. I wasn't into his movement, and I could tell. I was like, ah, shit, Nick's nervous. He came out of it. Maybe Jericho got him out of it. Maybe, maybe something happened. Maybe there was a, a, a good little shot to wake him up. Maybe Jericho said, come on. Whatever it was, he came out of it. They executed the right way. Do you think we see Nick Gage back in an AEW ring? 
being with the story that I'm watching and the the levels of uh, hate for Jericho, I'm going to say that's probably the last we see of Nick Gage. It doesn't have to be. It really doesn't have to be. I think they missed a beat last night at the end of the show. MJF was confident, pretty confident that Nick Gage was going to get the job done, wasn't he? Yes. Deathmatch guy, going to carve you to shreds. After that match was over, MJF should have went to the ring, took the microphone, and as Gage was down, should have cut a promo on Gage. You worthless piece of shit. You suck. You're nothing but indie garbage. There's a reason why you've never made it to the big stage. There's a reason why you're not on everybody's level. MJF should have took a light tube, cracked it over his head, and said, I had an option three in my back pocket because there was a piece of me that knew that you would never beat Jericho. Now, MJF becomes a bigger heel for what he just did to to Gage. Now, if you're a fan, you want to see Gage carve MJF to death. (laughs) By the way, yeah, yeah. I mean, first of all, what you said is fantastic. It just as an aside, because it is about Gage and Jericho. How great was MJF on commentary last night? I mean, I mean... I'm really not, for a guy who's 25 years old, he has no flaws. In the ring, on the microphone, on commentary, another great night for MJF. I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, if MJF's mouth's moving, he's uh, he's normally giving us gold. But that's what I would have liked to have seen post-match because that's a real piece of crap heel thing to do. And I know he's giving, I know MJF is giving uh, Gage some crap on social media, but I would have loved to have seen it in front of my face, especially if the last thing he would have done was crack the light tube over his head or sliced him with the pizza cutter and then turn back to Jericho and go, you know something? I got a number three. And I'm but glad based- we didn't... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. Go, ahead. go, 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 go. No, because... Based on because b- b- bully, based on what you just said and based on what... MJF is saying on social media, we may see Nick Gage again because maybe they weren't able to do what you're saying because of time restraints. I don't know if that had anything to do with it because it was a quick turnaround at the end of that show. But MJF is pulling no punches on social media. Just to go to your point, says, you know, MDK equals no fucking pay. You had one job. And then his last tweet before MJF went sleepy time Bobo's last night was fuck Nick Gage. So knowing Nick Gage, bully, uh, I I think maybe you're right. Maybe that's not going to be the last we see of him on AEW. When I think of Nick Gage coming back, I kind of think about Eddie Kingston because Eddie was supposed to be a one-off, had the, had the good match with Cody, and then, you know, talked about Cody, you know, very nicely in that post-match interview, and Eddie gets a job. Eddie has more depth than Nick. Eddie can talk. Eddie can wrestle. He's got some limitations, but Eddie gets the job done and incorporates that good Japanese psychology, has a great rapport with Moxley. There's enough to Eddie where you're like, yeah, I want to keep this guy around. With Nick, there's the intrigue of he's batshit crazy, but you kind of got to do these gimmick matches with him. I don't know what kind of a wrestler Nick Gage is. He'd be way out of his element. People probably be sitting on their hands waiting for him to slice somebody to shreds. I thought it was a very good outing for him, and I thought he gave himself a a great opportunity to be invited back. 
Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.